What a week 15 Sunday it was. The Cowboys blown out by the Buffalo Bills. We had big time performances from Baker Mayfield at Lambeau Field and tons more to get to. MVP race tightening up. AFC South race tightening it up. All that and more. Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Subscribe up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, let's start out in Buffalo, Matt. Yeah. Because, uh, this is an interesting one because not only did Dak Prescott potentially lose the MVP race in one Sunday afternoon, uh, threw for less than 100 yards, but, uh, well, actually, did he? He might have had some garbage time yardage there. He was at, he was at like 82 yards deep into the fourth quarter yeah. of that game, throwing no touchdowns and an interception. Uh, but Josh Allen didn't throw for 100 yards. In fact, Josh Allen had fewer passing yeah, yards. Yeah. Dak actually did get over 100. He got the 134 that final drive of the game. Josh Allen was only 7 of 15 for 94 yards passing. He did have a touchdown, no picks, which was the big difference between Dak Prescott. No touchdowns, one pick, but 31 to 10. It was all on the ground for the Buffalo Bills. We've been talking about the Bills ground game for years now. And James Cook says, nope, give me the ball 25 times for 179 and a score, a couple more catches for 42 yards, and another score receiving for James Cook, just going off against those Dallas Cowboys who were supposed to have one of the best defenses in the NFL and have had a couple of hiccups so far this season, which really makes you kind of look sideways at the Dallas Cowboys, trying to figure things out. And they just cannot win on the road, Matt. And I don't know if it's just as simple as a home road team. Mike McCarthy talked about it after the game. They're 7-0, and Matt. They're perfect, basically, at home. But they're sub-500. 3-4 now on the road are the Dallas Cowboys. They've got a plus-170 point differential at home and minus-4 on the road. How can you be that different of a football team in one stadium versus another? Yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be examined heavily. But one thing you find over the years when that's the case is you lose at the line of scrimmage. I mean... I always steal this line from Mike Lombardi, but good offensive lines travel. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying the Cowboys don't have a good line, but they didn't win at the point of attack in this game. Some injuries affected it. They didn't. They don't have a power back. I'm not saying that's the only answer, but the, the fact is on the other side of the ball, without Hankins on the nose, the Bills. So step back for me. A couple things I've been wrong about with the Bills. I've always had them ranked very higher, very much higher than their record all year. And just said, many people like to tell me this, you know, you've been saying all along they can win the Super Bowl. I just don't know if they can make the playoffs, you know, and I stand by that, but I kind of left them for dead just because of math, you know, like the hole they dug and the, the teams ahead of them, 
they almost had to go run the table to win, to get in the postseason. And that's exactly what they're doing. And I also felt Ken Dorsey was a bit of a scapegoat. But since he's been gone, they've taken things off Allen's plate. Like you said, he didn't even have to throw for 100 yards. And they're, they're getting the ball to cook as a runner, as well as an outlet receiver, and mix in the Kincaids and Davises and Diggs, of course, as a driving force. And the offense makes more sense now because anyone that pays attention to us knows I've been critical of the Bills in that I always make the joke like they should have Mike Allstott or Jerome Bettis for the town they live in. Now that's not James Cook, but they do. They have two new guards. You know, they're starting to run the ball, which that team has to do. Some of these AFC South teams are going to beat up on each other right now. The Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills will be the nine seed because they'd be behind all those other eight and six teams because of conference record. Their conference record is only four and five right now, so they're sub five hundred there. They That's might be able to flip against one of those teams or, or maybe a couple of those teams, and um, and get into the playoffs with the tiebreakers. But they might have to be a game ahead of some of these teams. But they can absolutely win out, and it's not as likely that the Colts or the Texans or even the Bengals will win out, I think as likely as the, the bills are. So like their chances. And then of course you, you don't want to pull that, you know, if you're the two seed, you don't want to pull the Buffalo bills in uh, in the no. playoffs with the way they're playing right now. But I think you're onto something there with the offensive coordinator and uh, they clearly had gotten to Josh Allen centric. Mm-hmm. So the four games since Joe Brady took over as offensive coordinator, here are the averages for, James Cook in those games, 17 carries. He's averaged 4.8 targets in the passing game as well. So we're talking over 20 touches per game, 141 total yards per game, and averaging a full touchdown per game is James Cook since offensive coordinator Joe Brady took over. Not an accident. Not at all. Uh, Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Did Dak Prescott lose the MVP on Sunday? I think so. I mean, a crucial game like that. I mean, they did beat the Eagles recently, but up until that point, the big knock on Dallas was, you know, where's your signature win? I mean, that's been a Miami and Cowboy thing all year. Like, okay, you have a lot of wins, but you haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. And then you got kind of embarrassed on the road and the home road things are there. And some other guys are making stronger cases, you know, so um, not an easy road for Dallas, though. At Miami, Detroit, then at Washington, the Bills got over their tough stretch. They got the Chargers in New England next before maybe a divisional, you know, maybe for the division in Miami to finish things up. And with Dak falling off, he basically traded places with Lamar Jackson, I think, as far as MVP mm-hmm. voting goes. And right now, the voting favorite is Brock Purdy, number one. And I think it's Lamar Jackson, number two. And uh, those Ravens did defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars Sunday night, 23-7. to Some ineptitude from Jacksonville in the red zone. Just absurdity. Oh, man. They, they were inside the 35, I think, four times and had no points in the first half to show for it, including just a really bonehead decision by Trevor Lawrence as the clock's ticking down to throw a ball that uh, short of the end zone where, where his receiver could get tackled. Like That kind of thing just cannot happen for a team that's supposed to go win a bunch of games in January. And uh, so they shot themselves in the foot, and then in the second half, the Ravens were like, yep, this is over. And... Uh, so impressive win by the Baltimore Ravens, but I almost feel like the Jaguars early just killed themselves and any chances they had to go win that game. Yeah, because they did some really good things. I mean, Lawrence threw the ball really well. I thought their pass rush was great, and I'm really high on the Ravens, but their tackles are a problem right now. And you're right. I, th- I saw four 
major issues with the Jags early in this game. The, as you mentioned, the way they ended the half was ludicrous. I know these things happen, but Lawrence just like fumbles the, just drops the ball, fumbles the ball without getting touched, you know, and yeah. that's and that can't field, happen. Miss field goals, you can't really put Two that on field goals yep. or the or the quarterback, but you know that doesn't help either. Right, those are my four. You know, two missed field goals, the way they handled the half, and Lawrence. And uh, I do another trend, Dallas on the road, Lawrence in weather is not a good thing either. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So the Jaguars now have a conundrum. The, the Ravens are the one seed in the AFC right now, and so it shouldn't be a surprise that the quarterbacks of the two one seeds, respective mm-hmm. NFC and the AFC, are the, uh, the betting favorites for to be MVP of the league this year. And guess what? Those two teams face each other on Christmas, which is going to be a heck of a lot of fun uh, this coming Monday with the 49ers and the Ravens. So can't wait for that one. And maybe that will decide the MVP of the league. Then um, obviously, um, uh, you know, huge playoff implications for two teams that are trying to, to own that home field. And, and it's not that big of a gap between them and the next teams that they can go lose that game and think feel comfortable with, with earning the one seed in their conference. So a uh, really interesting game upcoming there. Um, but in the AFC South now, Matt, we got to get to that next because okay. AFC South is in a three-way tie at eight and six to win that division. Jaguars, one of those teams, and uh, it's fascinating how that could end up. And a uh, really interesting nugget on Baker Mayfield at Lambeau Field as well. And we'll try to get through as many of these games and our biggest takeaways from Week 15 Sunday next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And why not go to the place with the most professionals anyway, right? LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network. We're talking about a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. And in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn Jobs. They even launched a feature recently that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Matt, we are on to the the AFC South here, which is just uh, a fascinating division and the the Tennessee Titans lost to the Texans in overtime the Texans narrowly getting by on the road at Tennessee with the backup quarterback Case Keenum just uh, such a phenomenal job this new regime has done you, you know CJ Stroud's development was fantastic and then he goes down and you think man maybe this team is a little over their skis and they're able to go in to a hostile environment and go win a game in overtime with their veteran backup quarterback in Case Keenum, which just kind of points to how well this team is coached top to bottom without their leading receiver as well. 1916, Texans beat the Titans. Texans now eight and six in a three-way tie with those Jaguars who lost Sunday night. And of course, the uh uh the uh, uh where, where do they play? The Colts were oh yeah, the Colts <laughs> we haven't talked about this one yet. The Colts oh, blowing yeah. out. Steelers. I couldn't find the game because I forgot it was on Saturday. The Colts blowing out the Steelers 30 to 13, which might have put the nail in the coffin for the Steelers, but the Colts right in this thing as well. Gardner Minshew throwing three touchdown passes in that one. So just uh, a really fun end of the season here in the AFC South. It's a shotgun start, three way tie with three games to go. 
So one little note I just want to th- whip by you that didn't even dawn on me at the time. But if you noticed, the Titans in their building wore Houston Oiler gear. You know, I mean, yeah. they, the, the old logos, the throwbacks, all that. And I heard some people talking that that is a real personal hit against the Houston Texans. Like, aha, we stole your franchise. You know, like, oh, like, I, didn't that's, that's, I didn't think of it that way. But it against Houston. Yeah, that is a little rubbing some salt in the wounds there. Yeah, so I was kind of wow. happy to see them lose in the end in overtime. You know, like that's not and cool. You, you know, like pregame, Mike Vrabel was wearing the cowboy hat. Ah, okay, <laughs> almost blasphemous, right? The uh, the bum Phillips cowboy hat. Okay, so there's something going on there. I mean, um, so the Titans are out of it, but they're still hanging around. Good for them. Levis got hurt. We'll see where he's at. But I do think Houston and Indy are really interesting. I mean, Houston ran the ball very well, and they rushed the passer very well. And I think, like Indy, they both have these exciting new young coaches, and Stroud and Richardson might be doing battle for years in this division. And frankly, Indy, the Steelers hung with Indy early, and actually they were a little bit better team early on, and then they just got dominated in the second half. Like 20 of the last 21 calls on the Colts were runs just right up the Steelers rear ends and they had some injuries but man the defense looks old Trubisky's horrible Rudolph's gonna get the start I mean the Steelers are in a bad place and trust me I got a long week ahead of me of talking Steelers yeah bad week and going in the wrong direction right now and uh Houston and and Indy are fun Oh, they are. Uh, they're really fun teams. I think they are going to play each other as well, if I'm not mistaken. There, there's there's multiple games within the division for some of these teams. And so That's that the final be- one. That's week 18 in Indy. Yeah, okay. yeah. That could be a play-in game. Get it might be. It might early be. Playoff games in, in early January. That'll be fun. Just when you thought Jacksonville was comfortable in that division, too. They're they're not. Absolutely. Um, how about we mentioned um, the uh, Vikings uh, and you mentioned the the Bengals, excuse me, as an eight and six team here that's fighting for it. And man, Jake Browning delivering another couple touchdown passes, three hundred yards passing. It was Nick Mullins getting the start on Saturday. They took overtime in that one. It was a really fun game to to kick off the weekend there with the uh, with the Saturday games. Twenty seven twenty four Bengals over the Vikings. The Vikings are kind of in the same boat as the the Steelers are, where they're in trouble. They just have fewer teams that have good records in the NFC that they have to compete with. Yeah, and this was a fun game. It felt like a pretty even match uh, matchup all in all. Minnesota, it would worry me a little bit if I was Cincinnati. Cincinnati's D was pretty suspect in this one. I mean, Addison's running free. They're running the ball really well. Ty Chandler goes for 132 on the ground. But I give the Bengals credit. I mean, uh, some people have been giving me a hard time. Like, Williamson, you've been saying the Bengals and Bills are left for dead. I did say that because, frankly, because of math. I mean, they they don't have any tiebreakers in their favor, either one of those teams, in terms of AFC um, conference games. They dug themselves terrible holes. And, frankly, the second Burrow is out for the year, I'm like, yeah, the Bengals are dead. You know, I mean, where I gave the Bills at least a fighting chance. But there's something to culture. And, you know, the Bills and Bengals have won a lot of games over these last two, three, four years or whatever, at least since Burrow came in the league. And the fact that you can figure out ways to win without your star is pretty encouraging. You know, Zach Taylor, um, Shane yeah. Steichen, D'Amico Ryans, some sneaky coach of the year candidates as well. 
there's so many good ones. I, I, I kind of lean towards McVeigh, but how about Stefanski as well? Stefanski, yeah, the Browns yeah. coming out and, and winning that game late, 13 fourth quarter points to defeat the Chicago Bears. Now, the Chicago Bears are not a juggernaut and seem to be a team that's really good at losing football games. Um, but with Joe, kind of working out both ways for them. Like they look competitive and they're tough, but they find a way to lose and they're still of that fifth pick in the draft or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's amazing. And and Joe, you know, Joe Flacco is like, oh man, he turned into a pumpkin. Three interceptions, but they came so. back and he let him back for that uh, for that game winning and uh, game winning kick from Dustin Hopkins. So uh, good on the Browns and Stefanski's got to be in that mix. Browns in a really good spot now at nine and five with that win. They really needed that one, and uh, so many teams in the playoff hunt with their backup quarterbacks. Joe Flacco was not even the backup, wasn't even on a team. And uh, now leading those those Browns, obviously led by their defense, 2017 win over the Bears. So that was huge for them. Yeah, I don't have much more to add except from both teams turned the ball over three times. I thought Joe was on the precipice of turning into a pumpkin in this game and that Bears defense has gotten a lot better. They rushed the passer pretty well. Um, but if you told me, the Browns could only run for 29 yards in this game. I'd be like, oh, they got blown out. You know, I mean, yeah. they, so the, the rules are changing a little bit for them. Joku's like playing they, really well. It was looking like they could have gotten blown out. But yeah, course, felt the, that way. the Bears bears their way into a into another loss. So the Bears uh, at five and nine now. Big play to Cooper to win this thing. I mean, that's, uh, again, finding a way to win. AFC North is strong, with the, except for the Steelers. Those other three teams are in right now. Uh, before we get to Packers and Bucks, I really want to talk about that one. I, I want to finish up this, the yeah, Saturday yeah. portion of the schedule with the Lions just thumping the Broncos in this one. And it, it, it was uh, to me, this was a okay. It, the Broncos are doing big things. This game's close, you know. But Lions favored by a little bit. It's like now nah, we're not in the same category right now. Nice, nice comeback to your season, Broncos. But the Lions are a better football team. 42-17. Lions improved to ten and four now, and uh, the Broncos in a tough spot at seven and seven by, behind a whole bunch of eight and six teams in the AFC. Dominant win. I mean, I think the Lions needed this. This is who we thought they could be, especially on offense. Put up 42 points against a quality defense. Um, and I don't mean this in a negative manner, but I do think the Dallas conversation applies for the Lions, too. Like, going to that Dome's a lot different than Goff going to Chicago or Green Bay or whatever. You know I mean? I, I think that's a trend with this team. I'm glad the defense took a step in the right direction. I'm not exactly sold that it's fixed. And I wish I could quote who said this, but Frank Ragnow, I think people that have followed my work for 20 million years since I've been doing this know that I kind of have an affiliation for centers in the betting world in particular. But <laughs> when they take snaps with Frank Ragnow as their center, who's a really good player, their EPA is like top three in the league. When they don't, it's exact equal to the Steelers, which is like worst in the league. You know, so like sometimes a guy like that that people don't think about deserves a lot of credit, you know. Oh, man. You, don't have, you don't have to preach to me about Frank Ragnow. That was, that was one of my biggest wins pre-draft. Yeah. I love Frank Ragnow. People are talking about him as a third-round pick. I was like, this guy's awesome. I hope the 49ers draft this guy. He's uh, love this guy. And all of a sudden, the, the Lions pluck him almost mid-first round. It's like, okay, maybe I was on to something. Uh, people were way too low on analysts' draft boards. Frank, now, uh, Frank Ragnow is awesome. And having a, a big-time center, we've seen it with Philadelphia. I mean, it is so helpful. I know you've seen it for years in Steelers. Uh, well, the Steelers have had great centers for decades uh, I mean, we make fun of i've seen three coaches in my lifetime maybe a fourth soon who knows but i mean i grew up with mike webster hall of famer replaced by Dermonti dawson hall of famer 
I mean, then there was Jeff Harding's in there for a while, pro bowler, Marquise Pouncey, pro bowler, like the center room is crazy. And it goes a long way. It's just a stabilizing force. Uh, speaking of good teams that really beat up on bad teams, the Dolphins blanked the Jets 30 right. to nothing. Uh, Zach Wilson hurt in that game left. Uh, it's Trevor Simeon comes into the game. It just all ugly. And this was just like uh, the classic Dolphins win. They're at home and, and they just clean up on these bad teams. Yeah. No signature wins still for the Dolphins, but they're in the driver's seat in the East 10 and four record. They are going to see the bills last week of the season, which, which will be a really fun game. If, uh, if the Dolphins are able to lose a game before that, and those teams are tied going into it. Um, but this is Vic Fangio just feasting on a subpar offense and a subpar offensive coordinator who was brought there just specifically because of Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers leaves after four snaps of the season. So it's uh, all bad for the Jets on offense. And their defense is good, but they just can't carry him the, the whole way. No, uh, not even close to a competitive game. Like you said, Miami and their buildings, no tr- tr- treat either. Um, the only things that, to add to it were this was about as bad as the Jets have looked all year. There has been talk. We haven't addressed this. Maybe it's a later in the week thing, and maybe this is dead now, but Aaron Rodgers might play next week. I mean, crazy. Tyreek did not play in this game, which I think greatly hurts his MVP chances just because yeah. kind of felt like he had to get to 2,000 to beat a quarterback, and now he probably won't. But Fangio, to me, is the story. I mean, this defense has been one of the best in the league the last month or so. Peaking at the right time. Since Jalen Ramsey's been back, they've been really, really good on defense. Absolutely. And no Tyreek. It's like, oh, yeah, Jalen Waddle's fast, mm-hmm. too. Let's let's bomb one to him over the top. And, and Tua probably doesn't get enough credit and, and should be in that no. conversation as well. Yeah, you're right. So, next, uh, Baker Mayfield did something that nobody's ever done at Lambeau Field. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And as the weather gets colder, those NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers at FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 to bet on anything you want. Spreads, player props, over-unders for NFL games. Uh, if your team wins, $150. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action then right now, I love building my own parlays. We're talking about MVP. There's MVP odds and voting. There's draft props. If maybe uh, your team's in a certain spot and that's where your brain is right now in December of the NFL season. Of course, Major League Baseball, uh, offseason bets, where free agents are going to land, uh, you know, World Series 2024 winners, NBA, of course, NHL, everything you can imagine in the sporting world, all the action at FanDuel. So, Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the, uh, the the end of the NFL season in style. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Baker Mayfield, perfect passer rating against the Green Bay Packers. 381 yards, four touchdowns. He became the first ever quarterback to have a perfect passer rating visiting Lambeau Field, Matt. Hmm. I mean, uh, I, I was very surprised to hear that for as many games have been played at Lambeau Field. 34-20, the Bucks beat the Packers. The Bucks have a better record than the Packers right now at 7-7 seven and seven following this game. And the Packers, who were red hot, have now dropped to 6-8, and eight, Matt. I think you told me this last week, but this is a third straight year Baker has gone to Lambeau with three different teams. <laughs> Which is crazy. Oh, no, I didn't say that, but that oh, okay. Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah, uh, get better every time. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting used to this, you know. Right. This though, this is a theme with that. 
um, with, with that st- or that Packers defense. The Packers it's so disappointing. Know. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, you add Brock per- or you add uh, Baker Mayfield to this list now. The Packers have allowed career games in the last two years to these following quarterbacks: Baker Mayfield now, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Bailey Zappi, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Tannehill, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Tommy DeVito. I mean, they're getting beat by no-name quarterbacks. Let's be honest. It's not like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are coming in and doing that to you. Uh, that, that is a big problem with so many first-round picks on that Packers defense. That's what I was going to say. I wanted to pull it up just so I was correct. I mean, 2011, after winning the Super Bowl with the 32nd pick, they took Derek Sherrard, an offensive tackle. Since then, they've had multiple first-round picks a couple years and the only one they've used on offensive player is Jordan Love. I mean, this defense should be good, if not great. And I was made aware of this when the Steelers and uh, Packers played earlier because some of the like beat writers for Green Bay we talked about, we had this funny thing going back of who hates their coordinator more, the Steelers with Matt Canada or Barry with the Packers. Like, And I get it. I mean, like we're giving you guys after guys, and you're still a sieve against average or below-average quarterbacks. But the Bucks are a blast, and Baker's a blast. I mean, the the a- NFC North is so mundane, yucky. And let's give the Saints credit; they had a nice win, so I don't want to blow them out of the water. But that other game was the most miserable thing I've ever seen in the South. But the Bucks have players; they have a fun quarterback. Like as a fan, I want them to win the division so we can watch them in, in the playoffs. Yeah, the, the NFC South is tight, but much less fun than the AFC South. And clearly the Bucs are the most fun team. The Saints yeah. handled their business at home. 24-6 win over the New York Giants. And, and you're right, worst game of the weekend. Congratulations to the Panthers, oh. by the way. Interim coach getting his first win. Uh, their second win of the season, 9-7 against the Atlanta Falcons, who don't deserve I don't, they don't deserve anything with, with what they're doing right now. 9-7 win, loss to, uh, to the Panthers. And, and good on... Rookie quarterback Bryce Young. I mean, he didn't light the world on fire. There was a, a torrential downpour there. It was raining in Carolina, and he led his team down. Was perfect six for six on the final drive to set up the game-winning field goal. Yeah, good oh. for him. And I think they have a, a somewhat of a defense and a good defensive coordinator. And, okay, you know, you're playing the Chubas and Mingos and young guys for tomorrow. I still think this game, in a, in a rainstorm, is more about Arthur Smith and the Falcons, though. I mean, frankly, I think Ritter's really bad. But I also think that it is coaching malpractice. And this isn't just my fantasy team talking that <laughs> had something to do with it, but seven carries for B. John Robinson in a 9-7 game. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, B. John got three targets, one catch for three yards. He might be the best player on the field. And, I mean, Drake London gets three targets. I mean, after, he's a great player. Use your guys. Come on, man. I mean, this is going to be a Tyler Algier game? Really? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it seems like one of those predetermined. Oh, it's in the rain. We got to win it. This right, right. Way, so we're going to go. He's a mutter. Yeah. her back. Yeah. I, I uh, think his new, seat's getting warmer. Oh, for 100%. Hot, hot, we yeah. back in Atlanta. I think you have to. I, I've seen enough. Yeah. I mean, this is a little crazy. I mean, they should be able to run the ball extremely well. They were like the, one of the best running teams in the league last year. And you draft the best running back prospect I've ever seen. And you get 52 yards against the Panthers. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad about it. You get a bad mood on this Monday. Yeah. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs handle their business at the New England Patriots. Nine and five now, Chiefs. Yeah. uh, In control of the division there in the AFC West. Uh, 
27-17 win over the 3-11 and New England Patriots. Don't look now. Rasheed Rice has been, I think, yeah, good point. top three fantasy wide receiver over the course of the last month or so. Nine catches for 91 and a touchdown. Patriots D hung around for a while. It's a good unit, but eventually they just got outclassed. I mean, I guess it's a pretty predictable finish. But, yeah, Rice could be one of those guys that maybe skews the balance of power in the AFC, you know, when it matters most. The Rams keeping the heat on the Seattle Seahawks who play Monday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. Rams defeating the commanders 28 to 20. Uh, had a lot of fun watching Matthew Stafford the last few weeks, really just making some great throws and, and McVay's team doing a really good job. And uh, they improved now to seven and seven do those Rams and, and Kyron Williams, who was your pick Matt for, I think the, the most surprising like the best of, yeah, yeah. of the season for a guy who, you know, everyone kind of knew who he was and nobody expected what he's done this year. 27 carries in this one for 152 and a touchdown for those uh, 7-7 and Los Angeles Rams. And then staying in the West here, 49ers, as expected, they thumped the Arizona Cardinals 45-29. to And really with Tyreek Hill out this week and Dak floundering against mm-hmm. the Bills, that really opened things up for potentially the 49ers to have both MVP and Offensive Player of the Year awards. Brock Purdy, four touchdown passes, um, one of them to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey ran in another touchdown, had 150, uh, 115 yards on the ground. This offense is just stupidly uh, efficient right now, both run and pass. And this was a game where the defense actually – Uh, had some problems tackling and it was a good game plan by the Cardinals and they kept it pretty close and competitive early, but the offense just uh, blew the Cardinals out. Yeah. I've got just a couple real quick things on both these games. The Rams were never really threatened. I mean, they pulled Howell late in the game, put Brissett in there. He hit two deep balls to McLaurin, which made this thing look, you know, closer than it was. Took him like 10 tries to get in the end zone. Finally, his clock just got eaten away. And Kyron Williams, you mentioned him. I just never thought of him as a workhorse, but boy, he is getting a workload. Your Niners, I mean, you're dead on. They're the best team in the league. Uh, they are one of the best teams ever in DVOA offense. You know, I mean, like, so start looking at them as like an all-time great situation. But this was, I mean, the Cardinals aren't dead. I mean, uh, against a powerhouse team, I think there's things to build on in Arizona. I mean, especially on offense, McBride and Kyler and those guys. There's a lot of stats that could show how good the 49ers are right now. I'm going to throw this one out there, though. Brock Purdy has the most touchdown passes this season. He's number two in passing yards. The 49ers have attempted the fewest, 32 out of 32 pass attempts in the NFL this year. Really? Okay. That's how efficient that offense is. Right. It's there. unbelievable. Yeah. Like that some uh, days got, they just don't need Ayuk, and some days they don't need Kittle. And, you okay. know, I mean, it's, yeah. It's going to be a Debo game and just been some Debo game. Debo's yeah, got sure has. touchdowns the last three games. He's, He's going fire. crazy right now. Um, yeah, so uh, an embarrassment of riches there. Eagles, Seahawks, Monday night. We'll break that one down tomorrow. And uh, we're getting close to a Wednesday mailbag. So get those questions in at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, or drop a question in the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.